Hello, Texas Values supporters. This is Mary Elizabeth Castle, Director of Government Relations for Texas Values. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're listening on our Facebook Live or at the bridge over the weekend, we really appreciate your support and listening to the updates on religious freedom, pro-life, and marriage and family. And I'm so excited today because we have a very special guest. I hope you're enjoying this cooler weather and we're coming up on the holidays and very a very important holiday is coming up next week thanksgiving we have a lot to be grateful for in our great state of texas and i personally have a lot to be grateful for it too we'll be touching base with you next week before we go on thanksgiving break uh, to let you know more about what you should be thankful for as far as what we pass in the legislature this session um, but we hope that you're taking that time to spend quality time with your family, um, and just being grateful to the Lord for all that he has done. Well, getting right into our show, like I said, we have a very special guest. We have Coach Joe Kennedy. Uh, he's a religious liberty hero, a modern day hero in my opinion. And you may remember his story. School officials at Bremerton High School suspended and later fired football coach Joe Kennedy because he prayed a brief, quiet prayer after football games. A lawsuit was filed against the school district, and the rest is history. It went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Coach Joe Kennedy's favor. Uh, Coach Kennedy, you know, for our listeners who may be new to your story, can you just describe to us in detail exactly what happened and how you were fired for sharing your faith? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was one of those bad kids that grew up in the wrong set set of the tracks, and I didn't even find the Lord. I was an atheist before um, I, I even thought about coaching. A 20-year uh, service member, I retired from the Marine Corps, and when I finally found my, my faith, uh, God called me to be a coach for uh, Bremerton High School, which is in Washington State. And when I became a coach, I, I had a commitment with God, and my covenant was to give uh, praise to him and glory after every single game. And I did that for eight years and without any problems. Sometimes it was with kids, sometimes it was without. And it was really quick. It was such a, a, a non-item for anybody, not a big deal, because it was just like a 15-second prayer. But it went on for eight years. And after the, um, during the eighth year, we got a compliment from somebody at another school district which caused them to start an investigation and they wow. thought it might, it, it could, could possibly be a establishment clause violation, which led to them suspending me and ultimately, ultimately terminating me, which led to the lawsuit. Wow. Yeah. That that's remarkable that, you know, a prayer that you did by yourself and sometimes students willingly did with you that just seems so innocuous that someone would say, I think this violates our religious freedom clause in our constitution. That's just wild to me, but we're so happy that you stood up for what you believed in. Uh, can you just talk about why it's important for everyday people to stand up boldly for their faith, you know, even if it's presenting a legal challenge? Uh, because as you said in your story, someone brought up a lawsuit or brought up a complaint saying that this couldn't be allowed legally. And eventually it led to, you know, jeopardizing your job and your employment. So why is it important to stand up for your faith, even if it takes legal action? 
Yeah, that's a real good question and a simple answer. It's the right thing to do. It, it that that is how simple it is. And even though it if under today's circumstances and our political climate or whatever buzzwords we want to use, it sounds difficult to stand up, but that's all we have to do is stand up for what is right. It is the most simple, basic thing to do. And in America today, that's what we should have been doing all along. We have had too long where people have chipped away at our rights as Americans. And it, look where we are right now. I mean, it's just terrible. And I mean, this, I'm not saying anything new whatsoever, but if we don't stand up, imagine what's going to happen in the next five, 10 years. I, I, I see no, no help for us. I'm, we can't rely on the president or Congress or anybody, even our state representatives. This relies on the constitutional right as all Americans, because we are all are created equal. But we are self-governed and we need to stand up as Americans and we need to do it together. And I am willing to do that with every single person in America. I will be proud to stand with them. Wow, it seems like you're the perfect person for the job. You know, you do have to be firm in what you believe. And even if you're just a faculty member at a school or you're working at your job, you have that religious freedom and you should be bold to stand up for your faith. So we're so thankful uh, for what you did. And your case, you know, wasn't just a simple lawsuit or arbitration or you sitting down with your boss. Your lawsuit actually went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, some of us get excited about going to the U.S. Supreme Court for things that we care about, uh, maybe a pro-life case or a religious liberty case, but most of us don't expect to be the subject of a U.S. Supreme Court case, uh, which is what happened to you. So tell us about that experience of going to the Supreme Court and sitting there and hearing them talk about you and your story. What was that like? Well, first of all, it was so really weird. I, you <laughs> never think that something so simple as taking a knee after a football game and being thankful. You never think that you would be fired for something like that, especially right. in America. Just being thankful. So that in itself was really weird. You'd think as adults, we could sit down and talk about it. And we wouldn't have to go to trial over this. The sad thing was, is it went to the Supreme Court twice. So if you think about that, wow. we went to the district court and we went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to the Supreme Court. And then we went through that process again. So we lost seven times in lower courts wow. trying to make it on our way to the Supreme Court before anybody. So we had every opportunity for the lower courts to look at the facts of the case and rule on the facts and also uh, with the Constitution. And nobody did that. That's what was the biggest letdown for me as far as um, me believing in the legal system. I always thought that it was like law and order. You go to court, <laughs> they would hear the facts and bum bum, the case would be over. Right. <laughs> but it didn't happen like that. So it was, it, but at least I have, I've, I have faith restored because, um, you know, President Trump put some great people in there at the Supreme Court and they actually took a look at it. And as far as what the Constitution says. As weird as it was, I, I actually have faith in, in the court system now because they did take a look at it and they ruled on the facts and what the Constitution says. And the best thing about it is it reset the clock and it overturned Lemon, which was the, the hindrance, which I found out this big case that over the past 50 years has been just kneecapping all Americans in our, in our rights as Americans for uh, religious liberties. 
It just reset the clock for us and put things the way it was supposed to be and told us exactly the way that uh, religious liberty is supposed to be and the First Amendment, the, what the separation of church and state actually truly means. Right, exactly. And for our listeners, I just wanted to remind them of a few things you mentioned in layman's terms or non-legal terms, what the U.S. Supreme Court decided was that as an employee of a school district, you don't have to surrender your religious liberty rights. So they ruled in your favor saying that you had the right to pray um, at the 50-yard line and the school couldn't really say anything about it. And so we're very thankful for that decision because it protects coaches like you, even teachers, if they decide to do something as well to express their religious beliefs. But you also touched on the Supreme Court precedent of Lemon v. Kurtzman, and we won't go into too many details about that for our listeners, (laughs) but if you want to look that up on your own, just to know that that was the precedent for such a long time uh, for religious liberty, and it had this burdensome test that you had to prove things in order to prove um, your right to religious freedom in certain circumstances. That's basically it in a nutshell. A little more complex than that, but you know, having that Supreme Court precedent overturned was huge, and. To think that your case was a case to finally have that precedent overturned is just remarkable. And it, you know, basically signals a lot of good things in the future for more religious liberty rights, whether it's in the workplace or in school or you just as a citizen. So we're very optimistic. I I agree with you, Coach Kennedy. We should be a little optimistic about where our Supreme Court is headed in these instances of religious liberty. Uh, Maybe a little skeptical of the Ninth Circuit as we should always be, (laughs) Um, but we do have some good solid members of the Supreme Court and I think we're seeing a new day for religious liberty. So we'll see in the future, you know, what type of cases will uh, come before the court and how we can continue to protect religious freedom. Now, There is a lot of talk currently about the negative or anti-Christian atmosphere in schools. And even amongst young people in their social lives, there's a lot of talk about there not being a friendly atmosphere for Christian values. Do you think allowing coaches and teachers to express their faith will create a more friendly environment to religious beliefs in schools? I I really do think it is, uh, especially today where you look at uh, all the big buzzwords like uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, and you get that crammed down your throat. You see rainbows up in every school and in every classroom. Well, the same rights that gives them the right to do that is the exact same rights that give you the, the chance to put up the Ten Commandments or put up a Bible verse. And we need to celebrate our diversity, equity, and inclusion in that. That that means everybody. It doesn't mean a certain group because all Americans are absolutely equal. That's just like Kaepernick when he took a knee in protest for um, social injustice. His same rights is the same ones that you could take in prayer and in thanks. So we need to definitely express it. It's just like wearing a shirt. You, It's no big deal. You wear it out in public and It shouldn't make a difference who you are or what you believe in. This is America. That's what America is is known for, is that freedom. So the more we do it, the more people get accustomed to it, where we don't have to shy away from it. And that's what's what's happened with America is we've been afraid for so long. We backed up and backed up. Now we have no place to go. There's no more backstop. We're at a cliff. 
So we have to continue to go forward. Now we blew a hole in in the you know in the defense of of what our nation has been up against. Well, let's go running through it now and be proud of what we've done and stand up for our values. We have that freedom. So let's go do it. You're absolutely right. If we allow certain points of views, we should allow Christian points of views, especially at the university level that you mentioned or in a scholastic setting. Even in the public workplace, you even mentioned maybe even in the public sphere, uh, even people we see play professional sports should be allowed to express their religious beliefs. I believe in that wholeheartedly. You know, whenever I think about your story, I think about a memory from childhood. We had in my small town a small university, and there was a good relationship between the football coach at that university and actually my father who was a pastor and every semester beginning in August when the football season was about to begin that football coach would actually bring his football team to our church for service and no one really stopped him and we were very thankful for that but he wasn't afraid to bring his football team to a church um, have them, you know, listen to a sermon, sing songs, even participate sometimes in the service. So I think it's very important that we make sure that coaches and faculty can open up students to different points of view, especially if that's a Christian point of view, um, and make sure that um, our religious faith is expressed um, in those arenas. You express your religious faith so well. Uh, even talking here on the radio show and being on the media, but you are about to express it in a new way by having a book coming out. So tell us about this book that you're writing and how people can order this book or read this book. Yeah, I, I'm not very creative as far as um, names. So it's called Average Joe because really <laughs> that's all I am. <laughs> I'm just the average guy. I'm just a high school football coach. And uh, I just wanted to tell my story. And it's not the boring story of just a, uh, you know, a lawsuit, because that would be entirely boring and very nerdy. Only legal people would read it. This is a story of my life of God taking the least likely person that that uh, I mean, from the when I was in the womb, unwanted, instead of being aborted, I was put up for adoption and uh, lived a hard life and in and out of group homes, foster homes, and just the big struggles, but where God, you know, had his hand on me when I didn't even realize it. But going from there to the Marines and learning about love of my country and serving it and protecting it, going through combat, and then eventually finding my love for my wife, my family, and then finding redemption and serving again, once again, for my, my fellows in uh, my community. So it's a great love story. In my mind, it's a great love story that'll make you laugh and it'll make you cry. It'll make you really mad at times, but it'll, it, it'll make you just really inspired to that. If I, if God could do that with me, imagine what they could do with all the rest of the Americans that are well more qualified than me. And yeah, and you could get it uh, at any bookstore, Barnes and Noble, uh, wherever books are sold. You could get it on Amazon and it's called Average Joe. And then you can also go to my website. And again, not very original. It's CoachJoeKennedy.com. 
Perfect. Well, there's a lot of conversation about bad books in schools. So hopefully this is a book they actually put in front of our children. I know I'll be reading this book myself. It's getting a little cooler outside and rainy. So I think this is the perfect entertainment now. So I'm looking forward to purchasing that book and reading it. So tell us more about what you're doing now. In addition to writing this book, I think you even shared you might have a movie coming out for people who like to watch movies. Tell us more about what's happening now because we know that unfortunately, even after the highest court in the land, which you would think everyone would listen to, there were still some issues at the high school after you went back. So tell us more about what happened there and what you're doing now. Yeah, it was very much expected uh, going back to the high school. Uh, they did reinstate me, which when I asked this, the courts, only thing I asked for was to give me my job back and to let me pray after a football game. That was the only two things I asked for. That was the relief I wanted. And the day that they gave me my job back, reinstated me, I was there. I flew back. I was true to my word. I said I'd be on the first flight. I did. I, I was there at the high school uh, district office. I received the letter um, in person. Uh, I, and then I thought I was going to go right back to work. But they hit me with all the red tape, which was to be expected. And I wasn't allowed to step on the field with my players. So I said, we'll try again in the fall. I went to fall camp. And uh, it was wonderful uh, as far as the kids were. Uh, the coaches, they, they were pretty gracious, but the school district, they weren't friendly at all. And um, But the, I, I knew it was going to be like that. But I did uh, go to my first game, and I, I did take my knee and thank God for being there. And I got exactly what I asked for. Uh, we prayed about it, and... We're like, God, what's next for us? And uh, we got a clear sign that we were going to be released from that. And my wife's dad, who lives down here in Pensacola, got his test results back, which weren't good. And the reason why we moved to Pensacola was to be near him um, for the rest of his days. So that's exactly what we did. And it was the first decision my wife, myself, and God had made together um, in eight years, it was the first time that we'd made, been able to make a decision. I mean, it had nothing to do with lawyers or anybody else. And then um, all we've been doing is going around and speaking. Uh, I'm going to be in Houston on the 30th to talk at uh, Texas Values uh, um, for their uh, uh, gala that's happening on the 30th. And I've been sharing my story and and trying to inspire people to stand up and for the values of Americans, uh, uh, pro-life, uh, the families, um, uh, the constitutional rights, you name it. I, I'm trying to really, you know, fire people up about how important it is, especially now that we really press into America values. As far as um, the movie goes, they just got done filming about two weeks ago and it will come out, I think it will come out right about football season of next year when they're done editing. And again, it's going to be called Average Joe. And it's the story of my life. And it's, I, it, it'll be one of those funny but serious movies that, again, will, will hit you in all the right spots. And I hope it inspires people also. Very good. And you mentioned a very important fact that I forgot to mention at the beginning. You will be our keynote speaker at our Texas Values Gala November 30th in Houston. So get your tickets today if you want to hear Coach Joe Kennedy 
Uh, go to txvalleys.org uh, to order a ticket if you want to hear this fantastic speaker, Coach Joe Kennedy, learn more about his story. And you can actually meet him if you come to our gala on November 30th. So you don't want to miss that. Now, we're running a little close to time, but I had one more question to ask you. Um, there is a very important game on November 24th at 6.30 p.m., against a little-known team called the University of Texas Longhorns and the more esteemed football team, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, who are you rooting for, and who do you expect to win that game on November 24th? <laughs> I will always pick the underdog every single time. I, I just have a heart for the underdog. The big the big teams, I, I have to root against them. So let's go the little man every time. All right. Sounds great. Perfect answer. That's the best answer for our office. Well, again, get your tickets to go to the event on November 30th in Houston to hear Coach Joe Kennedy. Coach Kennedy, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Awesome. Be blessed. All right. Thank you. Again, I want to reiterate that you can go to txvalues.org to get your tickets for all of our events that are coming up in the next few weeks. These events are very important. Uh, we highlight some of our victories during the year. We reward legislators with faith and family awards. And of course, we have excellent speakers. Again, on November 30th, we'll have Coach Joe Kennedy in Houston. And on December 6th in Plano, Texas, we'll have Riley Gaines, the leader and MVP of the Save Women Sports Issue, will be our guest and main speaker at the luncheon in Plano that it begins at 11:45. So if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, be sure to get your ticket to go to that event. We'll also have the radio show uh, host Mark Davis and also Kelly Shackelford, who is the lead attorney um, who argued the case for Coach Joe Kennedy at the U.S. Supreme Court. So you don't want to miss that event either. You want to make sure you get tickets to these events so you can learn more about our work and so you can meet some of these people as well. That's one of the benefits of being a supporter of Texas Values. If you come to our events, you can meet these people, ask them questions, and just be around people who believe in religious liberty, faith, family, and freedom just like you do. So please go to txvalues.org to get your ticket. You can also call our office at 512-478-2220. You still have plenty of time to get a ticket, so go talk to your family over the holidays about it. See how you can come to our event, make room in your schedule. That November 30th event is on a Thursday evening. Uh, the December 6th event is in, in the middle of the week in Plano, so you want to be sure to mark your calendar for both of those events because I guarantee you, you don't want to miss either event. We have these remarkable speakers. You get to interact with them, and you just get to hear more about our work, and we always appreciate your support. As always, we mentioned that we're a 501c3 organization. We survive off of people like you who want to put their money where their values are. You know, the other side does that all the time. So you want to make sure that if you want to keep up the fight for faith, family, and freedom at the Texas Capitol, even the State Board of Education, which we were uh, present at earlier this week, then you have to put your money where you, your values are. So if you want to make a donation, please visit txvalues.org. And just to recap, we do have a few things happening on the education front this year. The House floor is meeting tomorrow. 
So you want to be sure to keep up on updates with us on social media. And you can also go to the Texas House of Representatives website and look at their live stream there to see what's happening on education issues on the House floor. And tomorrow, if you've been keeping up with what's happening at the State Board of Education this week, they're going back to a battle that we haven't seen at Texas Value since 2011, which is the science textbooks. And this is just the basic understanding of the origin of life, of what says in Genesis 1. There are some textbooks presenting all different theories of how life began. There's one textbook in particular we testified about on Tuesday that basically presents as fact that humans come from the great ape family or come from monkeys, and it didn't give opportunity or room for the discussion of the truth about who is our true creator. So we want to make sure that our textbooks are balanced. Um, there was even a mention of LGBT reference that was thankfully removed um, in edits earlier this week. So we're grateful for that, but they make the final vote tomorrow. The way that the State Board of Education works is that they have some preliminary votes, but the final vote on the science textbooks will be tomorrow. So if you want to have a voice or opinion on that, be sure to visit txvalues.org. Our action alert is still active and up on that website. If you need help with that, as always, email us so we can get you that information. You can call board members as well by visiting the State Board of Education website. But if you want to know more about the work that we do, always keep up with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But thank you so much for listening to this report. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And until next time, this has been Mary Elizabeth Castle with Texas Values on the Texas Values Report.